Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast, dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. I'm your host, Steve Kramer. Thank you for joining me today. And on this episode, we dive deep into creating a great scouting report with A.J. Burton, Associate Head Coach at Southern Maine Community College, which brings me up to what I wanted to tell you before we get into this interview. And that is on March 6th, we're offering a virtual clinic. I'm going to be presenting at 930 on player development, really talking about four key areas, types of drills that you can use with your players to develop their game. Now you're thinking, what are you talking about? Four different types of drills. I'm really breaking it down from a teaching and learning standpoint. Different types of drills you can use with their players, depending on what it is that you're trying to improve or get out of them. This could be used in the off season. This could be used in season. But I really think that this will help you create a plan for how you want to improve your players throughout the course of the year. If you don't have a player development plan in place, you're already behind. And then at 1030, Coach Burton is breaking down how he goes about creating a great scouting report. We touch on some of these in the podcast. So if you want to learn more, if you want to take a deep dive into it, you're going to want to join this presentation on March 6th at 1030. Link to register is in the description below. All right, let's get to the show. Thank you for listening and get after today. I'd like to welcome back Coach A.J. Burton, Southern Maine, CC. What's going on, Coach? Thanks for joining the Coach's Edge again. Doing, doing well, uh, holding it down. Um, still, still kind of stings that we're still should be in our season right now, but obviously with us not having a season, um, it's given me a lot of free time uh, to really develop um, not only myself as a coach, but to also help you along the way um, being a coach's as contributor. So I'm excited to be back on and um, share some tidbits here um, on this podcast with you. It's good to have you back on the podcast and um, excited to have you uh, teaching some of our coaches with our virtual clinic coming up on the topic of creating a scouting report, which is key. But before we get into that, if uh, some of our listeners haven't listened to you on a previous episode, one, make sure you go back and do that after listening to this one. Coach has a really good four out, one in motion offense episode that he did with us in the very beginning of the Coach's Edge. Um, and then you also had one where you talked about preseason uh, development and practices with your team. Those were two great episodes. So. Coach, why don't you give us a little breakdown of your, your background and where you are now? Uh, yeah, um, you know, obviously I was born and raised in Michigan, went to Brown City, uh, played with my dad um, there for three years uh, when I was on varsity with him. Um, you know, I was given the opportunity to play college basketball, uh, played two years at St. Clair County Community College, um, then transferred to an NAI school, which was Rochester College at the time, which is now known as Rochester University. Um, and then after my time there, I got right into the coaching uh, profession. I uh, was a grad assistant for two years at the University of Detroit Mercy. Um, and then after that, I was given this opportunity to come out to Southern Maine Community College. Um, and now I'm going in my fifth year. This is my third year now as the associate head coach. Uh, and I'm just really excited to be here. And I'm just very blessed and fortunate to be given this opportunity um, to coach um, out here in Maine. Very cool. Not many people get the chance to be a college basketball coach. You are one of them and you got into it right away, which is which is very cool as well. We'll have to do an, a future episode on advice to um, younger people that want to get into becoming a college coach. I think that would have a lot of value, but not today. Not today. We're talking about creating a scouting report. And this is something that you do. Literally, this is a huge part of 
your job. So first and foremost, why is this so important? Um, one of the things I find is so important is like, you know, I like to put our young men in um, successful positions. And I feel like as a coach is like, yeah, I'm here to help them be successful, not only as basketball players, but also as um, young men growing into um, actually grown men into themselves. I guess that's the best way to put it. Um, but I always like to be one to two steps ahead um, when we face our opponent. So again, I find it very important because I want our guys to know like, hey, this is our stuff. This is who we are. We're not going to change it. But here are some adjustments we might have to make for this upcoming opponent in preparation for us to have success as a team and come out with a win. That was one of the questions that I had written down. So I'll ask you right away. How do you balance making adjustments to the team that you're going to play versus sticking to your own philosophies that you do as a team? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things is like, you know, if we, if we play a team that's upcoming, <clears throat> excuse me, an upcoming opponent that likes to set a lot of ball screens, you know, we will probably go into, you know, a deep dive of maybe a 10 to 15 minute breakdown session of just kind of like, all right, fellas, this is, we're going to hard hedge every ball screen, but let's just review, make sure we're all in sync um, with what's going on. Not just with the two guys um, in that scenario, but what are the other three guys doing? Making sure, you know, Hey, they like to do this rise action um, similar to what we do. We want to make sure that all five guys are in sync while that action is occurring. Um, again, we don't want to go too much information overload with the guys, but again, it's just little small tidbits to kind of give them the heads up being like, Hey, this is what you're going to see in this upcoming game, you know, stick to our philosophy, but you know, we might have some wrinkles here or there um, depending on the type of opponent that we're playing or the type of individual that's coming off these certain actions that we have to prepare for. I like it. And before we get into how you actually go about your scout, another one of the questions that I wanted to ask you was, how do you balance or how much of what you do in your scouting report that you know among a coaching staff gets relayed to your players? Like, is, is that a percentage? Does it depend on the team, how well you know them? Because um, as you know, as well as anybody, it's not what the coach knows. Right. It's what they're the players can retain and then carry out in a game. Yeah, it's a great question. You know, the, a lot of it is depending on the opponent. You know, when we play um, a team that is well known, they're nationally ranked, you know, we'll sometimes have a coach's meeting um, before the first like two or three days prior to that game. And it might just be, be me showing the coaches like, hey, um, we're putting together a practice plan, but you know, Hey, here's a reason why we're going to focus on this aspect, um, for a breakdown session today. Cause here are some clips to show the guys and we're not going to show them these clips yet. We're going to save them until the day before, but I want you, you coaches to see being like, all right, these are the things or the point of emphasis we need to have, um, during these breakdown sessions with the guys, um, when it comes to that preparation, um, for the guys. So a lot of it depends on, again, the opponent. But then again, like, you know, if it is something where we need to show the guy something real quick, we might bring him in for maybe five minutes and just say, hey, this is our big focus today. This is what the team does really well. Um, we want you guys to see it visually because, again, a lot of kids are visual learners now. So for them to see it and then say, OK, now we're going to go on the floor to comprehend it, to make sure we understand it. You know, again, there's no true um, best way to do it. it. Again, a lot of it just depends on, you know, your opponent, you know, how good they are as a team that, you know, we can make uh, simple adjustments in game and so forth like that. How many scouting 
sort of sessions, if I'm saying this correctly, would you have with your team before a game as far as game film? It's never been easier to watch game film or get access to game film than now with the technology that we have. So how much of that goes into, okay, we're actually watching game film together compared to you sending the clips to your team and saying, hey, I want you to watch this on your own time. So you got an idea of what's going to happen in practice. Yeah. So a lot of times, like, again, we'll usually do one um, film session with them prior to practice starting, and it can be anywhere between 10 minutes or it could be maybe up to 25 minutes. Um, we'll never go no more than 30 minutes. Um, the only times we'll ever exceed beyond 30 minutes, it might be a situation where, you know, we play a back-to-back -back on the weekend. We have that Monday off with practice, but we might say, Hey, we're going to come in and watch film. That might be a little bit of a longer duration. Um, but when it comes to just like your day-to-day -day, um, aspects for us, it's one solid film session for the guys. Um, and when it comes to the individual standpoint, like I might mention the guys like, hey, if you want to watch this team play before we watch film on them, hey, they're playing um, on this night against this opponent. Or be like, hey, some of their games uh, in recent weeks are on um, an archive site that you guys can go and just maybe watch, get some uh, you know feedback on there just to see what you're going to expect. And there are times too where, you know, as a coach, especially at the college level, it's super exciting when, you know, an individual goes and watches film, he comes in the next day or he texts you and calls you and say, hey, coach, did you see this? Or what do you think about this? Um, you know, what are your thoughts on maybe making this kind of adjustment on defending this action? Um, so again, one solid film session, but again, from an individual standpoint, you know, I leave it open to the kids. Um, I want them to watch as much basketball film as possible if needed. Um, again, and all kids are different on that, but definitely in between a 10 to 25 minute team session we'll always have. Now, with that said, the scouting report that you do as a coach is much more extensive than what you're actually giving to the player. And this is a big part of what you're going to break down at our virtual clinic on March 6th, March 6th which you guys can hit the, the link in the description below to learn more about that. But you really break scouting down into three key areas. Uh, can you talk a little bit about those main areas right now? Yeah. Um, you know, for me, like, like you were just saying, uh, coach, like, you know, I, I like to break it down in three different sessions. Um, and for my first session, um, the one tidbit thing I'm going to say, um, and again, everybody's different on this, um, with their scout report preparation. So again, whatever's successful for you go with that. Um, you know, with some of these tidbits I'm going to share with you, you know, hopefully you pick up a couple things and then obviously join in on that virtual clinic, um, on March 6th, you know, hopefully you pick up some more things there. Um, but going back to that first session, um, look, it's going to be the longest session. Um, I, I learned that uh, very early as a GA. You know, it's always your first film session on any opponent you're going to watch is always going to be your longest. Um, and the reason being is because your biggest focus is just team concepts. You know, and what do I mean by that is like, you know, a quick little rundown essentially is like, hey, you want to kind of pick up the style of play of your opponent. You want to kind of have a good understanding of their X's and O's. Um, standpoint. And then you also too want to put some focus on defense because obviously, you know, however you run your offense, whether it's a, you know, like a flex offense, or if it's like a motion style offense, you kind of want to watch how the team defends overall, because then you might be able to pick up some uh, points here or there being like, well, they don't do this well in defending this action. And that's something we run consistently. So maybe that's something we need to um, utilize as an advantage for us leading into that game. Um, so again, that first session is always going to be the longest and essentially you're just trying to get the overall team perspective of that team that you're playing. I like it. And, so you, 
you're looking for the overall team team concepts. You're looking at some things offensively and defensively. And one thing that I like you mentioned is the overall style. Right? The overall style of the team are they are they up tempo? Are they grinded out? Do they you know are they a real hard nosed like rebounding team or an inside out type team? I, I think that's that's key because I'm thinking I'm putting my player hat on, and I'm thinking that okay if I don't know the team that we're playing but you come in to practice as my coach and you say, Hey guys, like here are some, uh, here's the style. Here's the main things that they're going to try to do as a team. I'm going to remember that. That's going to, that's going to lock in much easier than, Hey, they run this play. It's called fist, you know, left. And this player comes to the wing. And then after that, he gets a backdoor for a alley-oop dunk. Right. I mean, that that's going to be tough to scout, but if you can say, Hey, they really cr- crashed the glass and they can really fly or, or get up. I'm automatically in tune thinking that regardless of what they're running offensively or defensively, I just think that's really, really valuable. So you're concentrate on that with key area number one. What's key area number two? So as I dive into the second session that I go into, um, again, I'm kind of getting a refresher uh, when it comes to the team concepts, kind of being like, you know, by the end of that second session, like, like you were just talking about with the team, I, I want to know like, Hey, does this team live and die by the three? Okay, that I'm picking this up on the second game. It's not just a one game fluke where they took 35 plus threes. All right, this is a team that's living and dying by the three. Um, so again, just getting some refreshers and just, you know, making sure that like I understand fully, like, hey, this is what this team's going to bring um, any game they play. And then on top of that, too, this is where I kind of start putting a little bit of focus into the personnel piece. Um, and with that, I'm just making quick observations. Um, you know, I'm somebody that on a scout report we give to our young men um, for every game that we play, there's roughly anywhere between seven to eight guys on there. Obviously you're starting five and then two to three bench guys. And in this session, I'm only making quick observations. Like I said, like one to two things like, Hey, this kid's a shooter um, likes to catch and shoot. Uh, hey, that's a post player. He's left-handed um, again, just quick little tidbits there. And it's again, something that I can relay to the, the guys on the team, maybe into that practice. They don't see the full scout report yet, but I might be like, fellas, the team we're playing, um, they have a young, young man on their team that if he catches it and he's got any space, he's firing it. Um, again, just something that they can start kind of processing in their mind that they potentially could be guarding this kid. And we'll, we'll also utilize it when we go live in certain aspects. Like I might identify one of our um, players that's not in our starting five, might be in our second unit, and I might give him like a yellow penny. And be like, hey, you're just going to be this player. Anytime you get space, fire it. Just so the guys can can start understanding, being like, okay, I know that Jack on our team is wearing a yellow penny. I know that he's the shooter on the opposing team. So we got to make sure where he is in transition and in offense, and we're communicating when he's coming off any screen. So those are kind of the the features that I look into, especially for that second session. Doing that, it seems like those kids always light it up when that happens, doesn't it? I think I can count on how many hands the young man on our team that's like the so-called shooter of the opposing team is like off. Like just, there's not many times I can count on my hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, it, it takes me back to my, my freshman year, I got moved up to varsity for districts and we were playing and I was supposed to be Matt LePage. Now, Matt LePage was an all-state basketball player who had a really nice career at <laughs> Northern University. Well, for one practice, 
I was better than Matt LePage. Like I was, I didn't miss a shot. It was, uh, it was ridiculous. I'll always remember that. And it was all because the coach was like, Hey man, just pretend you're like Michael Jordan or something. And it's just funny how often that works. So that was a side, side tangent, but um, it does seem like <laughs> if you're really working on your zone defense in the second string, you're just like, Hey, bomb away and hit threes. They, they can't miss a shot. It's like, that's the perfect zone offense is just, you know, pretend you're playing against uh, your zone defense in practice. But number three, coach, number three, as we start to layer the team concepts, refreshing, you've talked about the personnel, what do we have next? So when we get to that third session, um, for me, it's obviously there's two main features. I'm finalizing the personnel piece, um, maybe adding one, two more things on each individual, depending on the type of player they are. Um, the example I can give you, you know, we, we had a young man in our conference for the last four years, just an absolute monster um, on both ends. You know, he always had four things on him. And that fourth thing is more of just like, hey, here's a tendency he does. He likes to attack with his left hand. If you stop him, he's spinning back to his right every single time. Um, but again, I don't go to four things on players unless it's under that circumstance. But a lot of times starters have three things on them. Bench guys, it's like, you know, two, maybe a third, um, especially like if you have like a six man that comes off the bench, it's a real good score. Um, then it's okay for me to put in a third thing. So that's the one thing I'm doing there. But then I'm also finalizing the team aspect, which is like, hey, what are the X's and O's? Like, what are the sets they run most often um, that I can share with the guys being like, okay, when we walk through in this practice, hey, this is a set you're going to see very often, um, multiple times throughout the game you know, team defense wise, like, Hey, here's what you're going to see. Um, same thing with blobs and slobs, um, and so forth like that. And also too, in this third session, sometimes like depending on the opponent, if I feel very comfortable and I know them very well in that third session, I'm also trying to find weak spots. You know, can I identify a personnel piece where it's like, Hey, when they're on defense, like he's ball watching the whole time, you know, is that something I could pick up on and like mention to the guys like, Hey, if he's guarding you, be ready to move without the ball and wait for the screens to come to you because you're going to get open looks all night. Um, maybe the same thing from a team concept too, being like, hey, when they drive, when we drive middle, everybody's going to collapse to the ball. So like see the kickouts, you know, when you get the kickout, see the and one pass, like that's going to be there all night. You know, just like little tidbits there as well. Again, like I said at the beginning, I always want to be one to two steps ahead. And that, that's where the one to two steps ahead really comes into play is definitely during that third session. Before we get back to the episode, I want to thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast. And if you find this episode beneficial, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. That goes a really long way as we continue to build the Coach's Edge. And most of all, share this episode out with someone else who you think also may find it beneficial. That's what the Coach's Edge is all about, trying to give you an edge, an advantage. Let's get better together. Back to the show. So you're really kind of tying the bow up within that third session. And this is all, correct me if I'm wrong, this is all before you begin to relay that information to your team, correct? Yeah. And like, like I said, like in practice, like I might maybe share something with them, but like those like special tidbits that I pull out of that third session – I'm probably relaying it to them the practice before the game, or it's maybe during our pregame um, talk, or it could simply be in the in-game adjustment. The young man that we talked about that struggles um, in defense, I might pull him aside and be like, 
hey, this guy guarding you right now, ball watches everything. So move without the ball, wait for your screens. You're going to get tons of looks this afternoon. All right. And when you get those looks, knock them down. How much time, let's say you don't have a walkthrough, you know, a, a pre-practice shoot around. You just have that practice the day before the game. How much time out of say a two hour practice, do you guys try to spend on the scouting report? Um, it, it varies. Um, you know, for us, usually what we do is, um, you know, leading into that practice the day before the game, you know, we might show them film if they need to see it. Um, and then we'll go on the court, do our normal routine, normal stuff. Um, and then like the last 15 minutes of practice, that's when we really start diving into the scout report. You know, maybe we're walking through the sets, um, how to properly defend them walk through the blobs um, that we see often, you know, again, talk about how we're going to defend each person, same with the slobs. And then like in closing a practice, we might just do a quick overview of the scout report with the guys. Um, Cause it's on the dry erase board in our locker room. And that's always up two days prior to the game. So like they, they have two full days to really, you know, ingest it and see it. Um, but then we'll go over it with them in the very end. Mm -hmm. So I would say in total, like, it's probably 30 minutes of a two hour session, um, okay. maybe 10 minutes at the start. And then you're probably going 20 minutes, which includes walk through and just overview the scout report. Mm -hmm. I mean, so much of it is, is backend work by the coaching staff because you don't want to overload the player, as you mentioned a, a handful of times that that's key. Now, what if you don't have a lot of time? What if you, you either, maybe you don't have film, you're not familiar with the team. Maybe there's only one day in between games um, or maybe like a handful of coaches that I've talked to, I have a friend in West Michigan, he's a varsity coach, really good coach. And he's like, Steve, I don't know what to do. He's like, it is when I'm not watching game film and scouting somebody, I feel guilty because you can always be doing something to help your team. He's like, but I also feel guilty because I have a family. And if I'm watching all of this film all the time, like I'm not spending time with my family. And so for, for him, for example, he's like, he just tries to be really specific with the things that he looks for when he does his scout. And when he's done, he's done. And if, and if they do something that, that he missed, then he missed, but it wasn't going to be the, the main things that he was trying to find when he was scouting. And so I say all that to, to ask you if there's just three or four main things in a shorter time span, or for a coach like this, who's just like, I'm not going to spend hours and hours scouting a team. Like I'm, I'm just have different priorities. What are the things that you would emphasize them looking for? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, and the, the story I could share with you is um, last season, you know, we were at nationals. We won our opening round game. Um, we played at six o'clock at night. It's a little after eight o'clock. Now we won. We know we're playing the next day. Well, that game's at eight o'clock the next day. So we have less than 24 hours. Um, to get our men prepared for this upcoming game against the overall number one seed in the tournament. So when I got back, we got, we're staying at a resort. We get back there, you know, we have dinner, you know, the coach staff, we're talking about the game, but then we're also talking like, okay, you know, what are we going to do throughout the day tomorrow? Um, so we keep the guys kind of engaged. So they're not just laying in bed all day, not doing anything. Cause again, we're not playing till eight o'clock at night. Well, fast forward, it's 7am now I'm up in the lobby of the resort and I'm watching, I'm trying to gather as much as I can with film. Like I already had it with me when we came out, but now I'm like, okay, I got about a three hour or so window to prepare our team to the best ability. 
So what I did was like, I was kind of doing like, you know how you do like skim reading? I was kind of doing like skim while watching film. So like, I'm trying to pick up like, you know, one or two things from a team concept standpoint, like the team we played number one of our seed, they live and die by the three. I picked that up right away. So I wrote that down. Hey, they like to push the ball constantly. They want to get the game up and down the court. So I also put that down, but then I'll immediately jump over to the defensive aspect. So then I'm just watching here as team concept. Like, okay, they switch on every screen. It's not an aggressive switch. So I might just say in our offense, like, hey, see slips, see curls. Again, just little tidbit actions there. And then with the personnel, you know, I'm looking at maybe the stats to kind of get some gathering there. But like in the film I'm watching, you know, you as like basketball coaches, you can kind of tell like if a kid's a player or if he's like a standout. So being able to identify maybe two or three of those kids and then just tell the rest of the guys like, hey, here are the two or three guys they play through. The rest of the guys, if you can hold your own and do what you do, because again, we always say to our guys, we can control our um, defensive ability. We always let the offense take care of itself. If you can control your defensive effort against these three guys and hold their other role players to what they do or subpar to what they do, then we're going to be successful. Um, and then maybe just a couple blobs or slobs I might throw in there, but Again, it, I, I've nailed like, you know, three or four things there, but like in all aspects, like it's not a ton of information I'm giving them. It's like very simple, clean information that they can quickly process in a short turnaround like that. No, that's good. I mean, you mentioned obviously what is their defense, their primary defense, the, the overarching team concepts, which could be offense-based, it could be both, but stylistically what they do. Um, the player personnel, like a couple tips there. And then you mentioned the blobs, like there's a handful of things you probably could have put in that fourth one. Why blobs? Cause I've, I've heard that from a handful of coaches. So the, the head coach I work for Matt Richards, when I first came out here, you know, had my first sit down, like meeting with him and stuff. And he like, he told me what my role was going to be and like watching the film, especially in scout report stuff. You know, the one thing he said to me, he's like, my biggest pet peeve as a coach, he's like, I can't stand when teams score on us in blobs, he's like, just don't like them. So again, I heard that and I'm a young coach. I'm hungry. I'm just eager. And I'm like, Oh, you don't want to score, be scoring blobs. All right. No big deal. I got it. I'll make sure that doesn't happen. So like, I think too, because like in ways, like it's just, it's a quick hitter for them, but it's like underneath, you know, obviously they're right underneath the basket. So it's a quick opportunity to score. Um, but I mean, to be honest, like I'm trying to think of like, has there ever been a game since I've been at SMCC that we've been burned on out of bounds plays that's cost us a game? And like, I can't think of any. And like, you know, as you watch basketball, like think of how many opportunities you get in a blob situation. You know, you kind of look at aspect. It's kind of like you look at fast break points. You can look at, you know, how many points they get in the paint. But like a stat that's never seen is like, well, how many points do they score in blob situations? You know, again, it's a, a little analytical, different look approach to it. Um, but that's the kind of biggest MO that I was given was like, Hey, coach Richards doesn't like to be scored on blobs. I have to make sure that these guys know what's coming. And I got to make sure I know that um, like the back of my hand, mm -hmm. the coaches call out the action or what the set is. I immediately know what it is. I'm, I'm relaying the message to the guys like, Hey, it's going to be a double stagger here for the shooter out. Um, it could be cross screen action. Again, it's just simple, simple things that people don't really look at it. But again, I think it's a big difference between winning and losing a game, you know, depending on how many points you could score off blobs. 
Uh, it, it is a it is a key play, and that was one of the things that um, when I was helping out in Perrysburg for a couple of years in Northwest Ohio that we kept track of as well was, you know, what was the plus minus on our out of bounds place versus theirs. And, you know, it's, it's an important piece of the game. There's a lot of gamesmanship uh, to it. And, you know, for, for a lot of coaches that I know, that's a very fun part of the game for them is this, the, the, the chess match of out of bounds plays offensively and defensively. You mentioned analytics. If you're a, high school coach who has access to other teams analytics, what are a couple of things that you would recommend them looking for? So one of the things like, you know, I'm going to look at is their rebounding margin. You know, what is their plus minus against opponents? Um, that's something too. like, if I can pick that up real quick, I can share that with the guys, you know, our biggest MO for us is, you know, we always like to be t- plus 10 on the glass every game against our opponent. So like, for example, we play a team that is, you know, they give up two more rebounds to their opponents than like they do. I might say like, Hey fellas, they're like minus two on the glass against opponents. So realistically we should be plus 12 by the end of this game um, with them. So like, that's kind of one of the analytic things I break down there. Um, another one too, like, you know, again, the way that the, uh, the game of basketball has evolved, it's more of a perimeter oriented style. Um, I'm looking at, you know, how many, t- how many threes they shoot per game. Um, to kind of like understand that and give those guys the heads up, you know, cause I can define, are they a live, live, live by the three or die by the three. That's what I mean to say, <clears throat> um, you know, so I'm looking at that. And then quite honestly, the other thing I'm looking at is assist to turnovers. You know, again, it's a ratio that's only talked about with point guards, but like, Hey, if they're about even that kind of screams to me that like, Hey, they don't seem to do well um maybe with some ball pressure or they struggle against any kind of pressure in the full court or half court setting um and then the last thing I look for is more for me to have in my back pocket in end the game situations um free throw percentages for individuals you know who to foul um you know for me on a scout report I usually have anywhere between two to three guys I just like have it in like the top right corner where it's completely visible and I can look at it and if coach Rich looks at me in a situation where like Hey, we need to follow. Who do we need to follow? I can look right at my thing and be like, hey, we need to follow number five. He's a 62% free throw shooter. Let's take our chances with him. You know, just those are some analytical things that I always consistently look at um, when I do have the opportunity to look at stats um, and try to relay that in the scout report somehow. No, that's some golden, that's some gold stuff. You have access to that. I think those are some some really key plays. And if you look at those four things, I mean, especially the free throws are key. Like that's a, that's something that you, you don't want to be at the end of a close game and be regretting the fact that you don't know the team on the other side and who the 80% free throw shooter is compared to the 50% free throw shooter. Cause they, they looks can be deceiving. Sometimes you need to know, you need to know that. Um, and then the, how many threes, the assist to turnovers, I think, Obviously, we want to know those stats. I think they're also um, a great way for us to get an idea of maybe pace of play and style um, that, that can have to do with, you know, the assist to turnover ratio and the style of play that they have. Rebounding's always a big one, right? I mean, and, and, you know, if you want to be a good team, you're going to have to crash crash the glass. So I absolutely love that. Um, and coach, I'm excited to have you on our virtual clinic coming up on March 6th. I mean, you're going to be breaking down and much more detail walking through with, with our coaches and answering any questions on how you break down 
uh, your scout into these three different sessions. It's just really, really valuable, especially for all of our coaches that are going to be in season and obviously preparing for next season as well. Is there any takeaway that you want to give us as we finish out this episode? Um, I mean, one is like, I mean, I'm overly excited for the virtual clinic that um, we'll be doing together um, for the coaches that will be a part of it. You know, and it's going back to what I said, you know, at the beginning, you know, when it comes to scout report um, or just anything in general um, with your program, you know, whatever is successful with you, you know, keep doing that. Um, what I'm hoping for and the presentation I'm going to give you guys on March 6th with my scout report is just, you know, if you could take one, two, maybe three things and just utilize it moving forward, I view that as a, a win in my book. Because um, again, everybody's going to be different. Um, and the way that I view a scout report could be something that you could be like, wow, I never thought about maybe looking at that aspect when it comes to um, putting our kids in successful positions on the floor. Um, so that's kind of like, you know, my like final overlook um, leading into on March 6th, that virtual clinic is just like, you know, go with what's successful for you right now. Don't change anything. My scout report is not the end all be all the right way to do it. Um, but what I'm hoping for is maybe you could take a couple of things from each session and just utilize it moving forward for your program. Absolutely. And you also give all the coaches a PDF of kind of how your scouting report looks and breaks down and it simplifies things. It organizes things. And I'm actually going to use it tomorrow night when I scout a team and kind of central northern Ohio as I help them prepare for one of their sectional tournament games which is coming up so I'm using it already and it's coming in handy so um, thank you for listening to the Coach's Edge podcast Coach Burton thank you for jumping on again and uh, if you guys have questions about anything be sure to let us know hit us up at Coach's Edge 1 on Twitter you can email me contact at kramerbasketball.com and I will be sure to put Coach Burton's information in the description below. Thanks again, and get after it today. Thank you for listening to this episode, and a special thank you to Coach Burton for taking the time. He's passionate about this. He does a great job, and the proof is in the pudding with the results that they've had at Southern Maine, and we hope that they're geared up and uh, you know, have another great season in 2021-2022. If you're interested in joining the virtual clinic, make sure that you check out the description below. The link is there. Again, you get access to two virtual clinics. We'll do a Q&A. Each session will last about 45 minutes to an hour. You'll also get um, video access. So if you missed the meeting, you still want to know what we presented, you'll get video links to the presentations. And then Coach Burton is also going to give you his PDF that he uses to break down scouting when he's watching an opponent. So it's a ton of great stuff that you get from purchasing our virtual clinic. Check that out or let me know if you have any questions, contact at KramerBasketball.com. Thanks again and get after today.